0: Hey folks and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the story of you through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Anthony Skinner, producer of the show. Super great to have you with us on our Mailbag Thursday. We get into this a bit in the show, but just want you to know that we really do pay attention to your comments and questions on socials. Sometimes we can't get to all of those on social, so we take advantage of this opportunity with the podcast to answer some of those questions. So, that's what we're doing today. Don't forget Ian's pre-sale of his brand new book, The Story of You. It is up for presale now. And if you do go ahead and purchase the pre-sale, you can go to ianmorgancron.com slash the story of you. Enter your information from your online sale and you will get an immediate download of a chapter of the book plus a three-month subscription to the Typology Institute membership, and that has all kinds of perks with it. So make sure you check that out, ianmorgancron.com slash the story of you. That's all the details we have with this intro. Let's get to this mailbag episode with your host, Ian Cron. All right. Hey, Ian, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Welcome to this mailbag episode. I'm excited about this. So we just want to let people know that we really do appreciate when they either mail in questions. But even on social media, you don't always get to the time to respond to right. each of those uh, questions in the comments section. But sometimes we'll pick them out and we'll respond here. So excited about this. So this is from at David's Rib, 8898. And this is the question. Are there subtypes of nine that are more image conscious than others. I'm wavering between a self pres six and a social nine. The three, six, and nine triad is very strong for me.
1: Hmm. Well, um, let's, let's, uh, we'll answer. This is actually two questions, actually, yeah. in a way. Um, let's just talk about the differences for a moment between sixes and nines, because that might okay. help this person dial it in okay. a little bit yeah so the the first difference is that um, sixes are just more reactive and nervous than most nines are you know what i mean uh, nines tend to be more easygoing um and they don't outwardly show tension like a six will okay right like they'll feel tension right, but they but, internalize it but they don't show it yeah. sixes that reactivity and stuff is, tends to be all out there okay. for, for other people to see, okay. right? I think that sixes for sure have trouble trusting people. Mm-hmm. They tend to think that people have hidden agendas. So a they're suspicious. a little wary with people, particularly new people, mm-hmm. right? Not so much with nines. It's like the trust isn't really an issue with nines, right? Um, they're not as guarded with other people like sixes are. Okay. Um, they tend to be more optimistic, about other people and more just more open, mm-hmm. just tend to be more open than sixes, and then finally, sixes could be quite intense, you know um, whereas nines have a lot of low intensity okay right they're more relaxed, they're more calm, again, optimistic versus pessimistic right in, in their worldview yeah now, about the image conscious thing it's a tough question to really answer, but I would say that I think that social um nines tend to be more image conscious than the other two, uh-huh. right? The self-present nine or the one to one nine, partly because they're in the group. They want to prove their value to the group. Uh-huh. And, you know, part of that value um, to the group would be, or one of the ways to garner value from the group would be by, a, a, you know, an attractive, more image conscious, self-presentation, uh-huh. Okay, right? Because remember the, the uh people who are of the social subtype right they really see the group as the source of their survival right the key to their survival right right so i think they would be more image conscious to please the group and to assert their value ah okay than the other two types the other two nines would yeah so hopefully that
0: i wonder what our friend randy williams is I don't know. He's, um, I have to think about it. I I wouldn't think he worries about it, but he's always put well put together and it's very, he always looks very comfortable, but very well put together. You know, he was also in entertainment. What can we say? Right, right. Okay. Uh, next question we have from Lisa Olson and she says, I am an Enneagram one mom parenting three boys. Mm -hmm. My oldest is an Enneagram four comparison and envy are his vices. He releases his emotion through raising his voice, blaming and yelling at me for things that aren't mine to own. We have a rub as mother and son. What advice or wisdom would you give me on how to continue to love and connect with him so I don't feel the tsunami of what feels like constant criticism?
1: Yeah. Well, this is just even a parenting question in general, right? Um, So the first thing I'd say is um, it's important for everyone dealing with highly emotive fours to practice empathic detachment
0: okay let's talk about that
1: well you know it's very easy to get hooked into the emotional firestorm of fours do you know what i'm saying yes, like right. like all those feelings flying around mm-hmm. um, and they're they have what we call labile mood which means that it's up and down up and down up and down up and down right mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to to grab that tail, the tiger's tail in that mm-hmm. situation. You right. know? So don't.
0: Right, that's good, yeah. Just don't. Just don't.
1: Well, So empathic detachment means how can you be an empathic presence without getting dragged into the firestorm mm-hmm. of all those feelings, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to just completely push them away because the four will interpret that as abandonment right. and it will only confirm that's their good. worst fears, which is, that they don't belong and that they're always going to be abandoned.
0: And might amp up all the yeah, yes. acting But out. If,
1: But if you can find a place of groundedness, centeredness, and um, be an empathic, non-anxious presence around all this stuff going on, mm-hmm. try not, you know, it's like the old four agreements thing. Don't take anything personally. Just don't take it personally. It All these feelings probably don't have a lot to do with you, really. Right. Right. So you just... The empathic detachment means, you know, um, how can I be here for you without um, merging with all your crazy feelings? Mm-hmm. And just be present to what's going on. Now, um, so yes, that, that's probably the best way I should talk about empathic detachment. Yeah. That said, you know, it's important to establish boundaries. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that are okay in the ways that you communicate to me. Right. There are other ways that it's not. I mean, oftentimes with people in these situations, I'll oftentimes say, I'm not comfortable. Right. I'm just not comfortable with the way that you're communicating with me, Mm -hmm. and I'd like to pick this up later. Yeah. And sometimes you have to remove yourself from them.
0: I wish we knew the ages of these boys.
1: Yeah, that would be really helpful.
0: helpful. One of the other thoughts I had here is she has an Enneagram type one, so she likely has her own strong inner critic and she's asking for help with this tsunami of what feels like constant criticism from the outside. Sometimes when you haven't done your own work and you have a strong inner critic, just someone saying anything from the outside can be a real trigger tipping point. So it just might be something worth worth investigating um, to dial into how loud and how much she's listening to her own yes. inner critic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say don't uh, try to fix him.
0: Mm, it's good.
1: Don't try to cheer him up. Mm-hmm. Don't try to talk him out of his feelings. Mm. Right. Just be there with them and detach. Don't don't take it on. You know. Um, and if you if he's able to to you know to say to him, just ask him. Oh, how can I be supportive of you right now? Not how can I fix you. Uh, but how can I be supportive? Yeah, just remember: let his feelings or her feelings be their feelings, and you have your own feelings, mm-hmm. right? Don't you don't have to take it on. That's good.
0: Great. Well, let's move on to Tulsa Amy. At Tulsa, Tulsa, Tulsa Amy. Amy. Amy Brown, she says, can you discuss the differences between Type One and Type Three? I'd love to hear more about that, particularly self-pres Threes and Ones.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, so I've never really spoken about this, but both Threes are and Ones are in what's called the Competency Triad. Mm, okay. Did you know about the Competency I did not Triad? Know this. Yeah, Ones, Threes, and Fives. Okay, they're in the Competency Triad, meaning it's important for them. To be perceived and treated as um, as being competent. Wow! They, they I did all not want know to be this. perceived and treated. Yes. As being uh, competent, like ones, threes, and fives, don't like being disrespected, right? For what they do. Okay. Right. So competency is is very important. Self-pres threes are a look-alike for ones. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. As they're, as both types have a lot of anxiety around getting things right, mm-hmm. okay? Important for both of them. Um, threes and, and ones are both planners. Mm, okay. But ones will be more detailed in their plans okay. and interestingly probably have more to-do lists than even threes. Wow, okay, right? yeah. Whereas, you know, um, you know, that that, well that's that's sufficient to say i think um for threes pursuing perfection would be viewed as a waste of time and resources Mm
0: -hmm. i could see that. it's like
1: get it to be good enough right like you know our friend mike hyatt you know mike has helped me so much he'd be like hey you know it doesn't like let's say you're shooting a course he'll be like it doesn't have to be perfect just get it out there yeah you can fix it you know just you can keep refining it but just get it out there yeah right yeah i'm more of an idealist i want it to be perfect you know what i mean yeah, like i want it to right. be ide- you know so so um and threes have far less rules in their minds than ones do so meaning that maybe i can put it this way ones are idealists mm-hmm. and because of that they can get stuck in trying to perfect or making things ideal threes are pragmatists mm-hmm. like just make it good enough get yeah. it out there yeah you know but yeah that would be a lot of the differences,
0: and we've had some guests on before that were trying to figure out whether they were type one or type three. And one of the little indicators, uh, questions that you asked was if you're uh, making dinner, do you follow the recipe to the letter of the law or do you not? Where ones likely will, and threes most likely may not, right?
1: A three, you know, would would might be concerned about it, but they're again pragmatic, they might be a little more freewheeling than the one would be for sure.
0: Okay, let's move on to at Chris J. Foster. Chris Foster, I am a type four, he says. I'm a pastor at a church in Perth, Western Australia. Thanks for listening, Australia. And I utilize the Enneagram as my go-to tool for helping people become aware of themselves and begin to grow. But I'm finding myself stuck. Far too often, I'm in my mind. I'm constantly overwhelmed with cutting through the chatter. I know you are a four, too. If you haven't covered it already, I would love to hear how you've tamed the self-sabotage parts of being a four and how you've been able to become fruitful and productive.
1: Okay. Well, great question. Yeah, this is a great question. Uh, and God bless a four for writing in a question that that's fairly long. You know, it's like, <laughs> like I've got to tell you everything about myself, you know. Right. Um, so this actually raises an interesting question. And I'm not saying that this is true of Chris. But, you know, sometimes we think of a type and then we, we, you know, for example, what if Chris has attention deficit disorder?
0: Right. You know what I'm saying? There are so many factors. You're, There's just yeah. a lot of factors here,
1: right? And so it may not have much to do with personality as much as it has to do with something altogether different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I suppose that uh, an ADHD 4 could at times look like a scattered 7. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. But so anyway, that has to be explored, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That said, for me, I don't have as much problem. I don't have as, as big a problem with productivity as... Uh, let's say a social four would. Okay. Because actually for the self-pressed four, which I am, we actually want to succeed to get what people whom we envy have. Mm -hmm. Does that, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. And so our envy doesn't really trip us up um, in the same way, because we're the counter type as it does for the social and the Mm one-to-one, okay? Now, where I do get caught up particularly as a younger man, but even still, is up in feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, feelings can really slow me down. I, You know, I had so much trouble writing my last book, this new book, actually, you know, The, the Story of You, yeah. in part because, you know, so many things happened between COVID and a bunch of other things that came up. Sure. My feelings were just stood in the way. Yeah got in my way way melancholy anxiety um self uh you know i had some real bouts of low self-esteem as i was writing that book uh and those feelings can paralyze me yeah so i i would say that um it's helpful to get someone else to help you prioritize Mm. prioritize things and hold your feet to the fire, like mm-hmm. to keep you on task. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like I'm just talking to a, a nine or a seven, because nines struggle with priorities, sevens with focus. But look, we we all of us struggle with these things, not maybe to a lesser degree than certain types. Sure. So you know, like I have this great book agent, um, you know Kathy, who is just awesome. And even though she's a four as well, mm-hmm. she has been so good at helping me. Um, not let my feelings dictate the day. Oh, that's good. But holding my feet to the fire. Yeah. Um, and to make sure that things get done and to help me prioritize. Yeah. Too. That that has been terrifically helpful. I you know, Anthony, there's so many things I you know, I've said it before, but fours just need to be in therapy. I mm-hmm. I've just never met a four who doesn't need therapy. Yeah. I mean, I encourage it for everybody. <laughs> sure. Right. But fours are complicated. Yeah. You know, and they need a place to talk about their feelings and their the stuff that's happening. He's he talks here too about getting caught in his mind. Yes. And and I'm wondering if what he really is saying is he gets caught up in his imagination. Yeah. Because I was wondering the same other thing. types get tend to get caught up in the mind. Yeah. Whereas a, a four would be more likely to get caught up in the imagination. And and then therefore what happens is up in the imagination, they're um, spending a lot more time thinking about the great things they could and creative things they could do but never get around to doing that Mm -hmm. right
0: which plays into this because i was thinking this when you were saying this earlier your response to the earlier question related to mike is really helpful here because he's talking about how have you tamed the self-sabotage parts of being a four and how have you become more fruitful and productive part of the answer might be just do it and don't try to idealize it right don't. yes so
1: yeah stop going for the ideal yeah the platonic ideal of whatever it is you're trying to accomplish um, it took me a long time to take Mike's advice yeah you know if if it wasn't the ideal not mm-hmm. perfect but this mm-hmm. ideal yeah of the my idealized self, my idealized book, my idealized video, you know, yeah. I could spend forever just talking right. about, well, which, which headshot to use, you right. know what I mean? And Mike would be like, just pick one. Yeah.
0: This is a, this is a 30 second, just, That's you right. know, just
1: pick one and run, you know, yeah. fix it later. Just get it out there.
0: <clears throat> and I love that you suggested therapy too, because especially as a pastor, um, you know, he's in a lot of people's lives and he needs a place he can go and be vulnerable and trust you know that he's it's a safe place to to be vulnerable so yeah yeah
1: Hey everybody, one of the lessons I've learned over the years is that not everybody benefits from a traditional 50-minute counseling session. And this is why some people can go to couples therapy or personal counseling for a long time and never really get anywhere. This is why I'm such a believer of intensive counseling and my friends at Restoring the Soul in Colorado, created by my longtime friend Michael Cusick to help couples or individuals experience deep change and have half-day blocks over one or two weeks. Now listen, if you can't wait months or years to get to the bottom of an issue or to experience breakthrough, you need to get in touch with my friend Michael and his extraordinary team of counselors at Restoring the Soul. If you're looking to get out of the rut you're in, but can't wait months or years, call Restoring the Soul today for a free consultation with Michael's staff. Call 303-932-9777 and learn how their intensive counseling process can help you as a special bonus just for typology listeners make sure to visit www.restoringthesoul.com slash typology to download their pdf called five ways unaddressed trauma may be derailing your relationships hey let's take on let's take on rebecca uh, santos silva's question
0: okay she says my fiance and I have been reading the road back to you, and I'm a little intrigued. Looks like I am a strong nine and two. Is this possible?
1: No. You could be a nine or a two, but right. not a nine and a two. Right. Right? Right. Uh, you can't say I'm a nine with a two wing or a two with a nine wing, and you you know, you know, can't be a nine and a two at the same time, but you could be a nine or a two.
0: This is good because people actually do think this, so it's yes. helpful. Yeah.
1: Here's where they're similar. Okay. Okay, um, and we've answered this question before about nines and twos. However, I'm going to answer it a little bit differently today, so maybe it'll be helpful. I mentioned earlier th- about the competency triad, mm-hmm. ones, threes, and fives. Right. So um, nines and twos are both in what's called the optimistic triad. You
0: sneaky little thing! I know, <laughs>
1: baby. <laughs> And so these are- Dropping the mic on us. Yeah, man. So these are very heartfelt, people-oriented folks, and they all know how to make other people feel good.
0: The nine twos and what else? Sevens. Sevens.
1: They know how to make other people feel good. Wow. Right? Uh They are wonderful that way. Here's what's an interesting difference between them. If you say to a two, if a two is honest with you, Okay. and you ask them the question- do you think you can make anybody like you? Uh-huh. Can you make anyone like you, if they're honest and self-aware, yeah. and perhaps talking to you in private, right. knowing no yes. one is listening? They'll say yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I can pretty much do. I am pretty good at making anybody like me. Right.
0: That's amazing. Yeah.
1: It's 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 true. But nines are far less interested in making people like them. Hmm. Like a nine is more interested in establishing connection, okay versus being liked they want to establish connection, uh they're more interested in harmony they're they're a lot more interested in avoiding conflict, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. a two can do conflict, they don't like it, they don't like disconnection either, but not they're not as they want to be liked more than than a nine does right, you know like a nine would be like, oh, I don't know <laughs> you know yeah, they right. but they're great at establishing connection, yeah. With other people but again i can see where this is another reason is because they're all in this this uh uh, optimistic triad yeah because of that i think that's another reason twos and nines get themselves confused with each Mm. other
0: okay so you've told us about the optimistic triads and earlier you mentioned the competency triad what is the third triad
1: yeah, okay, so we're into it. These are actually called Enneagram Harmonic Groups. Okay. Okay, and I don't talk about these very often, so maybe we should do a whole thing on it at some point, yeah. right? So that, the four, sixes, and eights are in the reactive triad or the reactive group, right? And this group uh, is sometimes also called the intensity group.
0: Oh, wow, interesting. You
1: know, and they, they tend to have strong reactions and need strong reactions back wow. from, from other people. Okay. Um, and they um they deal with disappointment and conflict in reactive ways okay right so fours would deal with conflict by withdrawing Mm -hmm. sixes by assessing situations and then seeking independence and support um they would fear abandonment without uh the Reinforcement or the support of of other people, mm-hmm. and then I think with uh, eights, um, there's a lot of in, sort of emphasis on independence and reliance, and it's obvious that they are why they would be in the reactive group, right? Right? Yeah. Um, particularly when they feel like they're being controlled or mm. dominated, uh, or they're afraid of being vulnerable, they'll get pretty reactive. Okay. They'll get their hackles up. Okay. So cool. anyway, let's do something on the harmonic groups. At some yeah, point. that'd be great. I think All that'd right, be fun. Well, thanks,
0: Ian. We've yeah. got uh, four or five, six questions here that we got answered. We want to let you all know we're paying attention. So if you uh, make comments on uh, Ian's socials, whether that's uh, Ian Morgan Cron or Typology Institute, uh, we just want to let you know that we are paying attention to you out there. And thanks for, uh, for weighing in and being a part of the conversation.
1: Yeah, folks, love the questions. loved you guys. And I hope this was helpful.